Pass First Point Guard and Blazer Beat Writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the transformation of Carmelo Anthony. Before we get too far into it, just as a warning and out of respect to anyone who doesn't want to hear me talk about uh, weight loss and things of that nature, that's pretty much what this episode is going to focus on. So if that's not for you, skip this one, come back soon. We got more coming this week. Don't worry about it. With that said, let's let's talk about Skinny Mello. That's right. Carmelo Anthony, a man who is 36 years old, lost some weight, and it is news. And it's not just news because members of the Portland media wrote about it. It's news because you can just tell. You can look at Carmelo Anthony looks lighter than he did when the, when the season was happening in March. So what I want to talk about here in this first segment is how did we get here? How did we get to Skinny Mello? And how did we get a nickname like Skinny Mello? It seems like it was given to him by C.J. McCollum, but let me play you a little bit of audio from an interview that Carmelo Anthony did last week where he talks about getting the new nickname and dropping a few LBs. This question that you're about to hear the audio from, it comes from Casey Holdall of Trailblazers.com, and he was asking, Casey was asking uh, Mello about C.J. McCollum razzing him, calling him Skinny Mello on social media. No, I, I think, it's, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just a compliment. I'll take it as a compliment. I'll take it as a testament. So uh, to, to the work that, that I've been able to put in and just the, the extreme focus that I've had over these past couple of months. So I, I'll take every summer. It's, it's a different uh, it's a different name for me. It's, it's this summer, Skinny Mellow, it's Hoodie Mellow, it's USA Mellow. It's, there's so many different Mellows out there. But at the end of the day, I'm me. Um, you know, I, I knew how important this was for us coming back and how locked in we had to be. We'll touch more on in the second segment about Carmelo understanding the importance of this moment and that kind of being his motivation for losing weight. But let's 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 just get to the nitty gritty. Carmelo Anthony looks different. You saw him on social media. He looks different. He looks skinnier. He's a he's a 36 year old man who lost some weight, and that, despite its bizarreness in this in the actual world, is news in the basketball world. It's news in the sports world when when athletes slim down, they change their body shape. Uh, a, a very bizarre thing to to discuss, but it, it is news. It's news that Carmelo Anthony is skinnier because he had four months off and he transformed his body. Some in the off season, some dudes don't stay in shape. Carmelo not only stayed in shape, but he tra- he had a minor transformation. So let's talk about how we got here. Basically, the way Carmelo Anthony explained it, and Jason Quick of the Athletic wrote a really good story about this. Uh, the way media works now in the NBA is that we all do group interviews. So we you basically. Uh, I'm not playing you the audio from that, that basically the quotes that Jason used for his story. You can go get a subscription to The Athletic and read his story if you want to. Um, I will try to mostly use responses to questions I asked in those Zoom conferences out of respect to the group media situation we're in moving forward. That's just an aside. Mostly for me, you probably don't care. What you care about is Carmelo Anthony. Here's what basically happened. Terry Stott said, Mello... Trevor Reese is not coming. The way we're going to use you in Orlando is playing small forward. We're going to shift you down from the four. You're going to play three now. And we're going to move forward with you back to your quote-unquote original position as a three. And what Carmelo Anthony said was, cool, if I'm going to play small forward, I should probably drop some pounds. I should probably not even lose weight. I don't think it's losing weight. It's just I should probably get a redistribute some of this weight lose some body fat because I'm going to have to chase perimeter players more and not just uh, defend in the post, not defend or not even in the post, just defend against bigger dudes who are going to lean on you. 
Carmelo says he only lost about five pounds. And the quote was, if you can believe it, which was pretty funny uh, because I think we would all have guessed that he dropped more than that. He says it was mostly just about, like I said, redistrib- redistributing the the weight that he had. Um, he talked about his diet, although he was strangely secretive about his diet. He, he said he couldn't give away the secrets. Um but he said it was a holistic approach and, and in like a, a aggressively healthy diet that he's carried with him into the bubble and just kind of um, continuing to eat healthy as in Orlando or, or continuing to stay on this relatively strict diet while he's in Orlando. We don't really know how strict it is, but a, a diet, changing his diet some and a holistic approach, as he called it. Um, when he came to the Blazers in November, he was... or. Yeah, November, he was listed at 240 pounds. That's what he still is at on the official roster. But he says he's down to 230 or 235. So about, you know, five, five-ish pounds is what he lost. And I think importantly that for me, he says he notices a difference. And it is noticeable. Like I said, I think this whole, I think spending five or six or seven minutes, however long this is, first segment's about to be talking about a dude losing weight is a little bit odd. But the point is that he did it for a reason. He did it so he could play small forward. He he knew that he was going to have a different role on this team. And he decided to adjust his diet, adjust his lifestyle accordingly to get a little leaner. So that's how we got here. He wasn't wearing a hoodie in a gym in New York. And they were putting up videos where he only made shots and he became a legend known as Hoodie Mellow. He wasn't lighting up the Olympic basketball tournaments where he became Team USA Mellow. No, he was just eating healthy and working out, and he became Skinny Mellow. So what I want to talk about in the second segment is why the hell this matters. I am somewhat uncomfortable just going on and on about a dude losing weight. Who cares? But I do think this is important, and I think it's... Not because he lost weight, but because what it suggests about Carmelo Anthony, his approach to this team. So that's what we'll talk about a little bit in the second segment. More skinny, mellow talk and the importance of why that commitment means something to the Blazers. Before we get there, I want to tell y'all about rockauto.com. It's the family business that's been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. And you can go there to shop for all of your auto and body parts needs. They got hundreds of manufacturers on their unique and remarkably easy-to-navigate catalog. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and specifications you prefer. You want tail lamps? They got it. Motor oil? They got it. Brake parts? They got it. You want new carpet? Get in there. They got that too. And best of all, rockauto.com always has reliably low prices. And it's the same for professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? Just go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and when you're there, write Lockdown in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right. So we talked about Carmelo Anthony losing weight. Yahoo. A man... A 36-year-old man dropped a couple LBs in other jobs. This is not um, as this is not as newsworthy. It does not make several headlines, but in his line of work, being slightly skinnier gets headlines. Um, pr- probably, probably shouldn't, but it does. That's that's why we're here. But 
enough enough jokes or me dancing around my uncomfortableness with discussing this but um i think it i think there's an importance to it i think there's a significance to it and it's not he's he's not going to it, losing weight is not going to put him in a time machine but i think it does two things and he talks about it in the quote i played you in that first clip he talked about he understood how important this is and how locked in he needs to be. And to me, that is the crux of why this is important. This is someone who was who has been relatively stubborn, I think, um, is the is the kindest way to put it about what his role would be. Um, you know, he didn't want to play power forward with the Knicks, and then he laughed off a reporter suggesting that he wouldn't start when he played in OKC. Melo is is a dude who has a filled up lengthy resume and basically says, I want, I want to do this thing and I'm going to do this thing. And if you want me on board, I get to do the thing I want. That is how NBA superstars work. That is how this, he has earned the right to do that to some extent. And I'm not saying losing five pounds is this, I shows a changed mellow, but it does show a mellow who understands what's going on here. He is not the franchise player. He is merely a starter on a team with large aspirations. And he's tasked with a new role on this team. And instead of maybe resisting the role, although I think this is the direction he'd rather go, three versus four, is it, he'd rather go four back down to three, right? This is, this is kind of playing into his preferences, so I don't want to give him too much credit here. But in general, this is... He's been asked to play a new role. He's been he's been given a new assignment, a new job on this team. And he said, "Cool. I will uh, radically adjust my diet or at least adjust my diet to somewhat significantly and transform my body in the 4 months of downtime to make sure I am ready for that role." I think the previous career career critique critiques of Melo, like outside of the stubbornness, that might be my own read on this, but I think the sort of broader like um reputational critiques of Mello is that he lacks some of the leadership qualities to be like a frontier frontline superstar um is that not that he wasn't a leader but maybe that he wasn't um someone who always was down with the plan he kind of begged his way or like demanded his way out of Denver and then had some issues with fitting in with the different parts there in New York this isn't necessarily leadership, but it is. there is a maturity that says, I accept what the plan is, and I am willing to adjust myself in order to fit into the plan. Like I also mentioned in the first segment, he's also just been a dude who had like a, a bigger body type, and people would joke about him being fat. Straight up, that's that is uncomfortable, but it's true. And he's he's skinny mellow now. I think it's the, one of the reasons people are calling him that is because his physique is noteworthy. It shows his commitment to the team. It shows his commitment to Damian Lillard. It shows, um, it like I said, it shows a, mature, a maturity level of a guy who understands where he's at in his career. This is that you just don't have many of these opportunities left. He probably doesn't know if he'll be back in a situation like this. Also, just as like a contextual thing, a contextual point is that I've talked to NBA players and they usually say that they're in the best shape all year during the offseason. Talked to Myers Leonard about this too. He said that he would be more yoked or more ripped, to use a Myers Leonard term, uh, in the summer, like in 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 July, because in the summer you can really focus your diet and you can really work out a ton because you aren't playing 
a high-level basketball game every other day for nine months. So part of maybe what we're seeing with Melo is just kind of like what dude might look like if he had a real offseason. Like he didn't have, he he stayed in shape or whatever, but he didn't have that like specific small forward on the Portland Trailblazers when I get ready offseason. He said, I'm going to stay in, you know, relative basketball shape and I'll be, and I'm hopefully have another opportunity. But I think it, this changed a little bit. So now he has a specific goal to work for, a specific position to work for, a, a new and specific position to work for. But it's also just like what guys look like in the off season, maybe a little bit is just like, he said it even in one of the interviews that I, he said, I kind of look like this a lot in the summer because guys get into sort of their peak form. And then, you know, there is like some sports science into kind of not being at your absolute physical peak when the NBA season starts, because like I said, it's nine months. So you kind of got to work your body and you come in in good shape, you know, everyone's best shape of your life is kind of the training camp thing, but you come in in pretty good shape and then you ramp up. And so you're at your physical peak in March. So guys were probably close to their physical peaks when the season ended and then they had to shut it back down and now it's going to ramp back up. And there's all types of concerns about that physically. But in any case, I think what you're seeing maybe a little bit is just Carmelo Anthony off season body, Carmelo Anthony in the summertime when you can work out a bunch and don't have to play basketball every other day body. That's enough weight talk for me. That's enough skinny mellow content for for me, your beloved host. I'm sure y'all will inundate me on Mailbag Monday with more skinny mellow questions. We'll be back, but at least maybe we won't have to dial into the specifics of a dude losing five pounds so aggressively. But I don't I don't want to brush it off. Like I'm 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 being a little bit awkward about it, a little bit uncomfortable about it, just because I think discussing someone's body is a little bit strange in these terms. But like this is not a small thing because it shows you where Mello is at. Full commitment, fully understanding his role, and and fully bought into this team. There is there is something about him doing what he's doing that is more significant than 36-year-old man drops from 240 to 235. In the third segment, we're not doing any more skinny mellow stuff, but I'm just going to give you some stray thoughts on the bubble. We, the Blazers have been there for a week, a week of practice, um, based on my the interviews I've attended and watched on Zoom and the social media I have consumed. I want to leave you with some stray thoughts on bubble life and the Blazers. Stick with me. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers, and we're not going to talk anymore about Skinny Mellow. Instead, we're going to talk about Orlando, the NBA's restart plan. My number one thought about it is that we got to stop using the term bubble. And I don't mean this as like some sort of semantic hot take. I just mean that it's not a bubble. It's a campus. If you can order food and have it delivered to the campus it is not a bubble. And how do I know you can order food? Because Rashawn Holmes ordered some Postmates, stepped outside of the campus to get the Postmates, and was put on quarantine for 10 days, put back on like quarantine probation for 10 days for leaving the campus. If it, the, the bubble implies some sort of level of security, and what they've created is a campus with an understanding. They have accept, the NBA dudes have accepted that they will be part of the campus. Bubble is the wrong word. Bubble also implies like some sort of 
control that not over not just over dudes and their like freedoms but over like the the virus itself um hopefully it's a bubble we're hopeful i think like bubble is a hopeful word that implies um some protection from the coronavirus but i don't i again it's a campus and we're hoping the campus is safe the nba is taking precautions to make the campus safe that's what they're doing so maybe that is a semantic hot take but it is a thing that i've been I've even in in the show already. I think I referred to it as a bubble several times. Um, I'm going to try to just call it Disney or Orlando from now on because bubble is to, to me bubble ain't right. Other stray thoughts as I look peer, peek at my notebook here. Um, I watched the Blazers couple social media posts they did a YouTube video they put out and. Um, I believe it was on Instagram, could have been on Twitter. It's probably the same video on both platforms, so it's not important, but I was trying to point you in the direction if you want to watch the same video. They just did a thing of basically like, here's a week. We've been in Orlando for a week. Here's some raw footage of us practicing. And one of the things I noticed in that practice was they were playing zone defense. Not all, not in every clip, but in more than one clip, playing zone defense. And that to me seems notable because they have this weird, goofy lineup where their best bet is to be gigantic all the time. Like, I don't like the Nurk and Hassan pairing as like a long term or even like a more than like 10 minutes a night plan, even less maybe a night, like really small doses. I think it works, but otherwise... I'm I'm concerned about their uh, transition defense. I'm I'm concerned about just uh, teams' ability to pull one of those dudes away from the rim and kind of neutralize what being gigantic is all about. Uh, whatever. I I have some concerns about it, but the zone defense seems to the idea of zone defense seems to fix that problem. They can scramble around on the perimeter and they can keep guys near the rim to rely on their strengths. Now, I don't want to get too deep into the X's and O's because we're going to see real basketball games later this week. And by that, I mean 10-minute scrimmages from the Trailblazers. So maybe we'll get a little more insight there. Maybe we won't see it at all because they're keeping it under wraps. But I do think one of the... I've been kind of prying with Terry Stotts and Zach Collins and Hassan Whiteside in the brief interviews I've done with the Blazers over Zoom. Um, I should stop buzz marketing um the interviews that i've done over uh video conferencing with the blazers and they've been very coy about it oh we're going to do new things but terry stotts did say that there are going to be new wrinkles and on defense it will be obvious and to me after hearing him say that which for terry is a is a very specific detailed answer the man the king of the non-answer or at least the i don't know we'll see uncertainty Saying that there will be notable changes to me says the Blazers are going to play zone. Not not all the time. But they're going to play some zone. They're going to do some junky stuff. I think it's a good idea. I think it's an interesting wrinkle. And I'm, I'm excited. The basketball nerd in me is excited to see them try to play a ton of zone in the modern NBA. Next little stray thought. The Blazers seem to be... Um, not not having fun, but they seem to be in terms of like teams that are like truly just goofing in the bubble. The Blazers are relatively low in the power rankings for goofing. Uh, leader so far in the goofing power rankings would be your Dallas Mavericks. 
you know, likely because their best player is a 22-year-old, not a 30-year-old. Uh, there is a big difference. Um, but they seem to be just goofing. They're, they're, um, they're playing pickleball. I saw them hanging out in little inflatable tubs, drinking beers. They're doing little goofy um, fake Disney promos. Bobon seems to be just having a, a grand old time down there. Mavericks are heavy goofing. Boston Celtics, mild goofing. And I saw a video of Karis LeVert playing golf very poorly. So Brooklyn Nets, moderate level goof just because of how bad Karis LeVert looked at golf. So should we read into the Blazers being ungoofy as that they're like the most serious, the most business-like team in Orlando? No, (laughs) no. Um, But I do think it is noteworthy that you don't see that like the fun stuff that they're doing are like decorating Dame's door. CJ decorated his door for, um, for his 30th birthday. And Hassan Whiteside ordered a whole lobster from one of the restaurants on campus and was eating an entire lobster in his room. Like CJ McCollum is Instagramming pictures of the wine he drinks each evening. Uh, I just think their vibe is not as goofy. I don't think that's a, there is There's no um, value judgment maybe on either end of those things, but um, hopefully we'll get more goofy stuff from the Blazers. Let's see them goof a little bit more. If you have seen them be goofy and I have missed the content in my scrolling of social medias, just tweet at me, at Mike G. Rich, and tell me that I'm missing um, the Blazers be goofy. And my final stray thought on the Orlando campus experiment is this first week, We've had, we, you get the goofing, you get the clowning, you get Myers Leonard shotgunning beers and JJ Reddick shotgunning beers and Jordan Clarkson shotgunning beers. And wait, a lot of NBA players like to shotgun beers. What is, why did they have to go to Orlando for us to see this content? Why didn't we know about this before? I mean, if you, if I had to guess, I would have known Myers Leonard likes to shotgun beers, but um, Jordan Clarkson was a surprise. JJ Reddick, um, a man in his middle thirties, he's, the video I saw, he's really good at it. He looked like someone who shotgunned a beer pretty recently. I was surprised by that. In any case, I wonder when the games start, how much the vibe will change. Right now, it's fun. It has a real summer camp vibe to it. It, um, It's, you know, real dormitory energy on the NBA campus. But I wonder when the games start and when dudes start losing and then have to see that same guy in your hotel or at the pool or whatever. I wonder what the beef is like. Not that there's going to be this like crazy beef or whatever. I don't think the NBA is like that. I think for the most part, these guys are, are respect each other. Uh, but I just mean how much clowning, how much shotgunning beer and playing golf poorly, um, how much sort of public downtime so media do we get when the vi- will the vibe change is basically what I want to know. Will the vibe change? Because I kind of think it will. My my gut says that the vibe changes a bunch. We won't know from the Blazers. CJ will still be drinking wine quietly from his hotel room. And maybe Hassan will just be on his all lobster diet by then. But I don't, um, I guess I don't anticipate that the, that the sort of the league as a whole, the 22 teams that are there can keep this kind of like collegiate, all fun vibe when guys are playing high stakes basketball games that impact their career and impact their team. And when they're sort of super competitive juices start flowing, because all of these people are incredibly competitive. You have to be to do their jobs. 
those are my stray thoughts. Mostly semantics and beer shotgunning, I realize, was, I could have, maybe I should have just done 22 minutes on, on times that I've watched Jordan Clarkson <laughs> shotgun a beer next to Myers Leonard. Probably could have pulled that off. I'm pretty good at this. Is, is that me bragging to end the show? I think it is. I think that's what that was. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.